today we've got something very different, very different indeed, because I normally stick to subjects which I am slightly acquainted with, so photography, art, music, as in sort of like musicians and things, but dance music has never been a part of my world. I've never, I've been to a couple of clubs, but it's never really been my thing. But today we get to talk to an old friend of mine who's actually a professional disc jockey, as they say. Hello, Carla, how are you today? Hi, Stu. I'm very well, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. Is is uh, is disc jockey the right term, or is it just DJ? Um, I think you know. Obviously, the term disc jockey is uh, still where it's at in terms of like um, holding a vinyl, you know, a, a plate, the disc, mm. and uh, putting it on the machine, jockeying it, playing it on the machine. That's like the traditional definition of the word disc jockey. But now, yeah, DJ. You know, it's so easy to say, and I'm a DJ. Yeah. Everyone's a DJ, Stu, you know? That's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. Everybody knows what a DJ is these days. So, it's, um, but what, what, who were the first DJs that we know about? Because I was introduced to a lot of music via the likes of Jive Bunny, if you remember Jive right. Bunny back in the yeah, day. Yeah. So that was my yeah, first yeah. introduction to kind of people mixing tunes together. Where did you start? Right. I got offered a radio show um, when I was at university. Yeah. And um, it was a student radio show called Ice FM, and I hadn't started DJing. And I went around Newcastle, and I looked for a DJ who I thought kind of best represented what what I would like my sound to be. Yeah. Okay, so I was a bit sneaky. I went around, I had a good listen, had a chat, see who I vibed with. And I met this character called Phil Brown, and we hit it off, and we started the show together, and I started collecting from then. So that was on Ace FM. Was it still around? That was on Ice FM, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, good times, good times. Yeah. We uh, did some shows in the hotel next to the, what's that club called? Ritz's, is it? Where Ritz's was. So, yeah, yeah. so what sort of music were you playing? Well, kind of like it was that kind of mid-90s, early 90s. P-Funk was coming in, uh, West Coast sounds from America, like hip-hop, because um, there was a big b-boy scene in Newcastle then. You mm. know, there was a big um, need for hip-hop. We had some big hip-hop guys come up and play, um, you know, the Riverside or at the university. You know, we had Galliano. We had, like, loads of people come up, you know, and play there. So there was a real scene. So that kind of stuff mixed with funk. Um, so tell me about the, a little bit about the history of dance music. Where did it all begin? Well, I mean, that's like kind of quite an ambiguous question, really. I mean, it depends um, whether you choose to read Wikipedia or you choose to do your own research. But I mean, the first kind of known uh, what was considered DJing happened in 1935. Wow, really? That far yeah. back? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was uh, it was like a news anchor who was covering a report about uh, the explorer Charles Lindbergh had been kidnapped. And um, they're waiting for the news to come and to update it. And he slipped a record on. And that yeah. idea just suddenly came into play that you play recorded music in between waiting, you know, for the announcement to continue regarding the news. So that was the first kind of DJ, if you like where it was born madness. But then here over in um, the UK, there was a guy called Ron Diggins and mm -hmm. he was like the first UK DJ based in uh, Lincolnshire. Excellent. What, what, where did he play? Um, he played like for a lot of kind of like local community places and some halls. He built this amazing machine studio. Check it out. It's called the Digola. The Digola. Yeah, the Digola. And, um, he, he used to supply sound systems, speakers, stuff like that. So he already kind of had a good knowledge of how the sound worked. And he put two uh, record players playing 78 uh, yeah. RPM. Wow. To, you know, 78 real old school together yeah. with, with um, lights and amplification because obviously yeah. he worked in that area. So that was like 1946. 
Um, so and he was playing in, um, uh, yeah, kind of local gigs and stuff. They never let him get too big because of the monopoly on the music. They weren't sure about one guy playing all these tunes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It was like a bit new wave um, until radio took off. And then you had all the personalities from the radio. Uh, they would come and play at these parties, you know, and yeah, yeah. And off off it goes, you know. Excellent. So but where was, we are now, you know, yeah. So what was your big dream when you when you decided to start? I mean, because I had no idea. It went back to all the way to 1935 to 1946. I just assumed everything began in the 1980s, to be honest. Of course. <laughs> no shame in that. No shame in that. <laughs> well, it did for a lot of people. It did, but it did start there. Uh, but it also started in the 70s because of how, um, you know, the kind of like technological advancements of the equipment. You know, being able to get the 1210s, Technics, yeah. and what you could do with those, the first mixers. And then 80s, seeing synthesize and um, looping and just like how technology moved on, you know, to kind of aid the DJ and the sounds they were playing. Where did it all begin for you? Um, I think, you know, it's, it was a weird one being a woman. Are um, coming wanting to be a DJ in Newcastle then because uh, you know Geordie culture and um, mm. still kind of like late eighties, early nineties was v- still very machismo. Um, you know, I was living in Gateshead; it's pretty rough. Do you know what I mean? Men were men, women were women. So to cross over those boundaries was I really had to stick my elbows out and I had to push. So I got invited to um, start helping Randy Dredd. Do you know him? He's like a no. Newcastle reggae DJ. Yeah, cool. yeah, he's old school. And he used to play at the Mayfair. They used to have this night on the Mayfair. Friday, they'd have the drop, yeah. which was like amazing, awesome. And um, yeah, on the Saturday, they'd have the reggae night. So I went down there and I started learning how to put the needle on the record as they say you give me some um lessons show me how to work the graphic you know show me how to set it all up you know so those skills foremost because i can set everything up to you you know which is a beautiful mm. thing in it now as a woman you just go and say of yourself you know oh cool so what are the skills needed to be a, a dj um i think all sorts of skills all sorts of skills you know what what do you think what kind of skills do you think are needed? I, I think you probably need a, a good sense of rhythm uh, and, and and a good sense of timing and also kind of how to read a room. So you see... Definitely, yes. definitely. Definitely. I totally in agreement with that. Definitely room reading. Um, you know, I mean, you can develop like a set that you'd play everywhere, you know, from start to finish. It is the set you play and you go out and play it. And that's what you booked for. And that's mm. fair enough. You know, or you can go somewhere that's got a bit more sip and slide attitude to kind of like how the crowd's going to blend or maybe you're the warm up DJ. Maybe you're the DJ. You know, it's all it's so variable. But I think for me, ultimately, is to be able to use your equipment well. Mm. That is the main thing, to be able to use your equipment well and to be able to maintain a good vibe, not be too self-indulgent. But the same point, not being afraid to take it to as far as it can go, do you know what I'm saying? Really kind of milk that moment in places where people are like suddenly dancing to Zorba the Greek. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah. You, know, you can kind of, you can be trusted to take your people on a journey that even though it may be different, it's not going to let them down. They're not going to feel embarrassed. You know what I mean? They're not going to suddenly hear a tune and think, oh my God, why have you put this on when I'm on the dance floor? Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's a fascinating so- thing to do. I love it. How would you get Zorba the Greek into like a dance, like another dance tune? Because obviously it's a dance tune anyway, because it's got a dancey beat. But how would you like get a, I don't know, uh, like a hip hop thing onto a bit of Zorba? Where would you? How? Well, how if you think how where it starts, you know, if it's Zorba the Greek. Uh huh. 
yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, so the Sorb of the Greek starts with like, da da, da da played with the guitar. There isn't any beat, but there's a suggested pulse. Yeah. So you could easily just bring that in over any kind of like hip hop, hip hop beat, you know, just yeah. slow down the beat. I mean, that's where the techniques come in, isn't it? You slow, you can slow down, you can speed up. Uh, you can, you know, you can do all sorts of things, you know, with a good mix, you can put it on echo, you can put delay, you can put all sorts of ways to slide things in and loop them, you know, hmm. cue slides. So is a radio DJ different to a DJ who plays in a club, per se? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, you, you, uh, you, you it's rare you choose your own playlist. On the radio? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because things like Radio Caroline kind of changed the whole face of um, how radio DJing happened because that was illegal, I believe. Is that right? Definitely was, yeah, on the boat, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have been there. <laughs> yeah. And um, back in the 90s, the whole like, rave culture was a massive thing. And that, did that have a, a huge impact on how the music changed um, how, and what the music which was being produced as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, you know, rave culture, you know, drug culture. I think, you know, big festivals opening up even like in the 80s. I think rave culture was like 87, even perhaps earlier, 86, you know, in some places. You know, I think it was that thing of being able to come together en masse mm. as young people uh, was a wonderful thing. You know, and the BPM getting faster as the drugs, you know, that were in that scene got harder. Mm. So was that like a... Um was ecstasy a big thing back then? Because my reference to it is like 24-hour party people. Um, because I th it, I could count on one hand the amount of times I've been to a club. How important w was uh, the drugs and ecstasy and all that sort of... Because I, I believe maybe it's changed. Because I went when I, I went to jazz clubs and things, like like the jazz cafe, uh, and that, so that a lot of that was just say that, say that drink or, or weed. And people were just more mellow, sort of thing. That was sort of the that that was the my only kind of um, thing in, in in drug culture. I mean, I went to heaven back in oh God, like the, the the very late nineties, and I was offered things like uh, ecstasy. But I, I just the way my brain works, I was like, it's just not a good idea for me to kind of go down that path. It's not it's not not a judgment. I just know for myself personally, that's not a good place for my brain to be. Um, but I know that I could see everybody having a great time on whatever it was they were taking. Did did the, the the drug scene of the of that culture did it change the music? Was it influential on on what was happening? Yeah, definitely, of course, because you know the light show and the music and the um and and the PA, you know how, what it's how it sounds like when it's come through was all geared to enhance, um, you know where your mind was going. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you see that with like psychedelic, yeah, um, or psychedelic festivals, don't you? And you associate psychedelics and you know hash or whatever um, with those type of festivals because of the kind of concept of the movement, if you like. You know, um, I like to think that rave culture wasn't preconceptualized, but you know, with currently what's going on, you know, I'm not sure whether I'd, you know, I'd have to look into that to be sure. You yeah. know, but at the same points. Uh, People needed those drugs because they needed the release. You know, it's depressing mm. times, late 80s, Thatcherism, no jobs, unemployment, you know, grim times, especially like in places like Leeds, uh, Newcastle, um, Glasgow, like big rave places, mm. Manchester. Um, you know, it was working class people going out with 20 quid. You didn't have to buy any booze, just drop an E some water and dance all night. I mean, mm. come on. 
Bob's your what uncle. What could be better? I mean, yeah. come on. What could be better? You I don't know. know. <laughs> well, you've got to find out, I'm telling you. Not that I advocate drug taking, but as an adult, no. I think you should be allowed to make your choice. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, it's uh, to be ex- explored. Hmm. Uh, so, what genres of music do you like using these days when you're when you are DJing? What sort of uh, what things do you enjoy mixing? All sorts of things, too. You know, I pretty much stayed close to like my true form is that I like to mix most genres, but not really four four, not house, mm-hmm. um, uh, not really techno or dance music. Really, what would be considered dance music? You know, I mm. like to um, I like to take some kind of like strange like Lithuanian opera and mix it with a bit of hip hop. And then I like to bring in some like Brazilian um, stuff. I'm like all over the place with it. It's on a feeling, mm. you know, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's method to it. Um, yeah. But it is, it is when I DJ, I like to kind of, I'm not really sure how I'm going to play it out. So what's your prep, you know? prep before a show? How do you set? Because if you know you go into a certain club, um, yeah. I'm assuming, is it just clubs you play in? Yeah, clubs, bars, yeah. 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 Yeah, so how, all sorts how, of things. how do you prepare um, before you go to a, a club or a bar? How do you um, say, right, I might need these records? Is it records you do these yeah, days? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I listen to the new vinyl that I bought and see how that freshens up the set because that's quite an important part of being a DJ for me is to kind of keep keep refreshing your own sound with, mm. with the new sound, you know. Um, and I normally put it in order into two bags. So I've got one bag of just like, you know, uh, the songs, if you like, or whatever, the, the kind of the bulk of what will carry the groove of the evening of what I intend to do. And then another bag, I'll have all the sound effects stuff. Oh, right. So I've got like all sorts of things. I've got like space sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got like foreign language vinyl, you know, so I can actually start mixing in live samples and distorting uh, what you're hearing so you might be listening to an american hip-hop tune it's a, it's a base example but maybe you can hear the russian military in the background plus something else do you know what i mean it's like starting to you know assault people on more than one sense you know yeah. i think you know you can we can take it yeah it sound, sounds almost like you're painting with sound definitely i like to consider myself a sound curator even though it sounds pretty poncy more than a dj i can be like a party dj but my heart's not in that Stuart. Yeah. definitely not but if somebody wants to get started and being a DJ these days, isn't it in a creative sense, uh, where would they begin? Well, you know, my advice would be just go out and buy yourself five vinyl, right, and um, have a listen to the vinyl in the shop. Most vinyl places will let you listen. Um, and then go to an open DJ night and start DJing with those five vinyl, all you need, not even five. If you have some compilations, you can do it with two, you know, yeah. and just go and see how it feels and just start from there, you know. It's so easy. So there's like open you know, mics for DJs. Yeah, yeah, open decks they call it. Yeah, open decks. Wow. Yeah, where you can just you know go down and uh, put your name in a slot and come down and play your, you know, it's fifteen minutes, maybe forty five, depending on the venue. You know, uh, I think that's a great thing. I love that because you get all types of music, all types of DJs. You know, there's not the pressure to be like, you know, keeping the club banging because it's like in a bar. It's more relaxed. You know, mm. so a bit more Amsterdam, a bit more continental oh, exactly. approach to DJing. Yeah. You know, a bit more Cafe Del Mar rather than, um, you know, having to like belt it out in club club land at a, a certain BP, BPM, you know. Mm. So it sounds like you've played all over the shop. Where's where's your favourite venue that you've ever been and that you've ever played at? Uh, difficult question, you know. There's so, so many fond memories, yeah. you know. Um, maybe in 
in Bergen in Norway. I played New Year's Eve um, in a place called Cafe Opera um, in the middle of Bergen. A friend of mine lived there. And that was a gig. That was a gig because um, I took lots of raga. Mm. And it's rare that they hear raga over there or even reggae, like black music in general of that type. So, yeah, I blew it up, Stu. I was like, that was probably one of the best, you know, love that. Where is it you're wanting your um, DJing career to go now? Or you just sort of, do you just continue explore? Like, as any artist do, you just kind of go with the vibe. Do you have any plans? Um, or is it just is it just where the wind will take you um i think you know i need to like amend one of my decks so like i need to get like 120 together to do that so if any of your kind listeners wish to donate to my mending my deck fund just get in touch with Stu. um and then i've got my own sound system Stu, so i can just go places Mm -hmm. and plug in and do nights so that's that's the next thing to go and play at Smoking Aces in Bournemouth, which I really like playing at and just pushing out my mixes onto radios. People are asking for the mix. So, yeah. And do you ever collaborate yeah. with musicians and things? So if somebody says, I've, I've got these songs um, and, and I think you, you've, you're, you're a great DJ, would you do something with them? Does that ever, does that happen? Um, the other way around where, you know, we've done a DJ night where the decks have been like more instrumentalists and we've had musicians. So we've had, um, a drummer, um, a percussion player on the stage, and then the DJ um, being more, what's the word, cerebral, you mm. know, rather than beats placed. You know, you don't need to play beats if you've got the, the the drums there, right? You know, so, and that was quite interesting. People like that. They like that. Yeah. It that, went that down well. That sounds amazing. Where, where was that at? That was at Smoking Aces in Bournemouth. Great bar. Yeah. yeah. Great whiskey. So if people want to hear, how you play next where where will you be at um i'm going to be playing at belgium and blues um which is in bournemouth it's all pretty bournemouth based at the moment mm. Stu. um got a radio show coming up uh so but if you want to look at my mix cloud it's on jazzagogo and you want to find one of my radio shows on there they're they're pretty good quality and um give a good mm. idea of like the broad spectrum you know that i i put across you know and yeah 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 mix cloud jazzagogo yeah. And so what another question that comes to mind is um celebrity DJs. How do you feel about the likes of um Norman Cook, for example, Fatboy Slim and people like that? Uh, is it when it kind of crossed it um, is it happening these days? Does do DJs cross over into celebrity culture still? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, especially if you've got famous wife, you mm. know. Um I mean, that- I think they just kind of like they were on that big beat, they rode that big beat vibe coming out of Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, kind of just after mid nineties, um, say '96 around there. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, it's all right. A lot of people love it, you know. But yeah, it's all right, it's okay. Yeah. I wouldn't book him personally for my party. I'd rather yeah. have Giles Peterson. Um, but I think you know, celebrity culture. Yeah, you know, I mean, got one. You know, the chef. Yeah, yeah. Is he he was just in Bournemouth, sold out Aruba. Never. I know. And people are like, hey, it was really good to see him actually DJing rather than just pressing a button, which what, which is what DJ has become to be acceptable. Yeah. You That's know, what I was going to ask about that. What's the difference between um, being an analogue DJ and a digital DJ? Is it is it to do with decks or, or is it just buttons on a, 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 an iPod? What? 
Definitely, it's just the equipment you use. Mm. I mean, you obviously with the digital sound, you're not going to get that scratch coming through on the on the record when you were drunk. You knock the uh, needle. You know, you're not going to get the kind of you know the deterioration that vinyl gets mm. when it's played a lot. Um, so that's the bonus to digital, but it's more boring yeah. because you're not actually touching the physical product. You're not actually taking the product in and out of the sleeve and think, shit, not that one. You've only got a little bit of time, pressure's on. You know, it's a different vibe, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, uh, and you can be physical, of course, I think. You can be much more physical uh, with the records, you know, in terms of using the decks. But, you know, whatevs, whatevs, man. You know, whatever floats. Yeah. But there's a, there's a crackle of vinyl, which you just don't get with digital. And there's there's a depth of sound, which I think, and especially if you're using big equipment as well, there's that kind of, mm. there's definitely much more of a physical thing going on. But when you're just ha there having a good time, it, you can't really, as a somebody who's participating in it, um, you don't really look for those sort of subtle differences. You're just there having a good time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember times I used to go at the, the rock club uh, at the Mayfair when they had the rock nights on, and occasionally oh, yeah, little yeah. DJ Jeff, little Jeff, would um, he'd occasionally knock the table and he'd tell it, Wah! but the whole audience would go, "Hey!" But I'm sure yeah, you, don't, yeah, you yeah. don't really get that these days, do you? Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think a good DJ like Jeff, you know, just absolutely awesome, you know, to be able to keep the room like that happy is is a lot of pressure. And of course, along comes the lifestyle with it. You know, a lot of alcohol, smoking, late nights, you know, all that stuff, you know, mm. but that's entertainment. I mean, you know, you know that I love the world of entertainment and uh, to find a way to still be in it and and co contributing consciously. Mm. You know, that's what I like to think. It might, I might sound a bit um, pretentious, but I like no, to feel good. that I'm um, contributing consciously when I go out and play my music. Yeah. Well, I'm, my, so, one of my first memories of you uh, was one of, on my 19th birthday. Um, when you sang me happy birthday and to, to a guy playing piano. And I was just wondering, do you still, do you still sing? Um, I did a little bit in Bournemouth. I put a little cabaret together with a great guy called Dr. Jazz and he's great fun. And um, yeah, we did, we just did this little thing for this green party um, festival. Yeah. But no, I haven't really continued with it, Stu, at the moment, just at home on my own with a piano. Mm. Um, doing a like rubbish little ditty, you know, just sing along. Um, but no, not really. You know, I've got more into my DJing, I suppose. And mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it all cool, imploded. Yeah. I, had, I had a great time doing that cabaret. You know, that was yeah. insane. You know, and I and I stopped DJing when I went to London to concentrate on that because when I met you, I was doing both. I had yeah. my DJ nights upstairs in the jazz cafe, um, uh, as well as other places and you know doing a bit of singing downstairs occasionally in, in a jazz band but um yeah well, I dropped all that when I went to London then I started again when I came to Bournemouth so you know I've had a little break from it but it's been good I'm glad I have mm. you know it's, I feel like you know I've got nothing to lose yeah absolutely it's all but for me it's a bit weird weirdly sort of full circle because I'm I'm living in London but I'm now helping run a, um an open mic stand-up uh, comedy event at the Prohibition Cabaret Bar, which used to be the Jazz Cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. it how weird is and small is the world? It's a very strange mm -hmm. thing, especially when it comes to entertainment. Mm -hmm. So, just a, a last thought: if people want to book Carla G for 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 their events or for their club or or whatever. Is how can people get in touch with you? Uh, just find me on Facebook as Carla G. Yeah, yeah. G W E. 
Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for telling us a little bit more about what it is to be a DJ in um, the modern world. And do you have any shout outs to any, anybody out there who we should check out if we want to hear out any other DJs other than yourself? Well, I think you should definitely, yeah, there's a guy called Papa Paul out on Mixcloud. He's brilliant. I love what he does. Um, uh, got Lady G playing her um, like esoteric, like drum and bass, mm-hmm. kind of junglist. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many good DJs out there. DJ Shadow's new stuff, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's plenty to check out. Seek and ye shall find. Jungle as Pussy. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it goes, I can't remember. That's uh, I, that's, that's as, but as far as that's as current as <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's been lovely, lovely to catch up with you, and uh, I'm yeah, and hopefully I'll see you in real you. life at some point. <laughs> Yeah, all the best. Take yeah. care. Namaste. Lots of love. Bye. 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 Bye.